Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Beyond the Office, Building and Leading Remote Teams, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Bill Keller. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Bill's episodes, you'll get the latest research, trends, and tips on remote work to build and lead cohesive teams around the world for the future of work. Let's begin. Welcome to Beyond the Office, Building and Leading Remote Teams. I'm your host, Bill Keller. And on today's episode, we have an interview with one of my employees out of India, and his name is Harshank Mystery. And so welcome, Harshank. Great to have you here today. Thank you so much, Bill. Great to have you too. Great to see you. Well, it's awesome to see you. Harshank's been with us for how many years now? It's been three and a half years, coming up to four years in February. And I wanted to have him on the show today because oftentimes there's misconceptions about what it's like to work with somebody overseas. But Harshank is an awesome team member and I've gotten to spend some time with him and I'm really excited because I've seen his growth and maturation over these uh, three years and it's been incredible what he's been able to do and accomplish and how he's been able to contribute to our team and what he's been able to do on his personal life. So welcome and we're just going to start by uh, getting to know you a little bit. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit where are you from? So I'm based in Mumbai, uh, but a little bit outskirts in Mumbai. There's a place called Wasai. So it's just two hours away. So if you hear it, he says just two hours away. Uh, and so that is a, a pretty big commute, especially for those in the, the US. But for people in Mumbai, that's not unusual. So you got to understand something about the city of Mumbai. It is uh, approximately 22 to 25 million people, depending upon the metro location. So except for some of the largest states in the U.S., uh, California, and I believe Texas, one city in India has more people than all of those states. So it is a very large uh, city. So how do you get to work every day, Harshank? So my commute usually starts from home by taking a cab to nearest railway station. And then I take a train to one of the stops, get down, take another cab, and probably walk. So in total, it takes me four hours a day to get to work and from work to home. So just so the clear, everybody, do you go to work every day or do you get a chance to work from home sometimes? I get a chance to work from home sometimes. So it's two days work uh, in the office and three days work from home. It's a hybrid mixture. I like that kind of mixture. So it's good. And that's one of the things that came out of the pandemic that I think was really great for our people. Once they started to be able to work from home, it made it a lot easier, especially for people with very large commutes like that. And the thing about Mumbai is it has incredible traffic. If you think your city has traffic, it's nothing like Mumbai. Sometimes you could be two miles from your destination and it could literally take you an hour or two. That is exactly, (laughs) that is so true, Bill. So let's get started. You spent some time actually overseas, which uh, makes you a little bit different than some people. Can you tell us a little bit about that time? Where were you and what did you do? After completing my graduation, which is Bachelor's of Commerce, I wanted to do my degree further, probably get a master's or a postgraduate diploma. So that time I applied for Canada. Unfortunately, my visa got rejected twice for Canada. So during that time, I was quite, it was it was a downtime for me, but I didn't lose hope. And there were two other options for me that time. It was Australia or New Zealand. I picked up New Zealand. So in 2015, I got visa to go overseas to New Zealand and study my postgraduate diploma in operation production management as 
well as in accounting. So I was there in New Zealand for four years. I did my studies for two years. For two years, I also worked out there. Initially, I was working part-time just because I, I needed to study and my, my visa only allowed me to work 20 hours a week. But as I completed my studies, the visa allowed me to work 40 hours a week. And, you know, I have had various roles in New Zealand. Started from accounting assistant to one of the local flooring companies to working for one of the big four, which is Deloitte in New Zealand. I was an accounts receivable specialist in New Zealand um, in Deloitte for a couple of months. So it was really great. Well, and that's uh, one of the great experiences that he brings to the table, some of the international experience. And now while you're working for Staffing Global, you also work for a company in the U.S. So can you tell us a little bit about that job and uh, the company and what do you do for them? So I'm working for Staffing Global, but I've been contracted to working for RKL LLP. So RKL is one of the leading CPA firms in Pennsylvania. My job is the finance lead, so I handle multiple clients, I handle their month and close. I give consult the clients on what their financial statements look like and where they are based as for their financials. So that is basically what I do for RKL. And he does a great job and he's kind of moved up through the ranks and taken on a leadership position as he's uh, taking on and leading a team. And that's been uh, been really great to see, like I said, his maturation as he's kind of really just taken this personal growth aspect in full force. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted him on the show. And so there's a lot of things things that I wanted people to to try to understand more about India. One of the concepts in one of the books, and as many of you know, I, I love to read, is this concept that came from a book called uh, The Bottom of the Pool by Andy Andrews. And he talks about this concept of something being true, but it might not be the truth. And this is something that I, I focus on a lot because many people think they know something about uh, India or any subject that might be. And it might be true, but Oftentimes, it's not the truth, the full truth. And that's what I wanted him on so we can start kind of breaking that down to understand what's true and also what's the truth. So I'm going to start us off by, in your opinion, how does the Indian work culture differ from the American work culture? Is there, is there something that you really see that kind of stands out? I do. So Indian work culture is really different. We are workaholic people mm -hmm. and we just like to work. We're really hardworking people. If you say majority of the Indian companies, they work six days a week. So they are working on Saturdays as well. And uh, it's quite unusual for us to have the whole weekend off. Some companies do have alternate working Saturdays. So, you know, first week of the Saturday we'll be working, the second week we'll get an off. So that is how we differ out here. And looking at American culture, what I found different was, you know, it is quite laid back. There's not much pressure on you to have a task completed on a certain amount of time, unless or not it is an urgent task. And, you know, the team out there is laid back too, and they're really cooperative. They understand the Indian culture, like how we are trying to understand the U.S. culture. They're trying to learn about various Indian festivals and they get really excited about it and they ask us all these questions so they, hey what what is this festival all about what does this happen you know what do you do in this festival and it's quite an interesting 
exchange of knowledge, the cultural knowledge. So it's been really great. And same out here with the Indians. So we try to understand the American culture as much as possible. Like on 4th of July, what do you guys do on the 4th of July? It's your guys' Independence Day. We do these things on our Independence Day. How do you like to spend time with? So that is how. And when you're saying it's laid back, does that mean that you think that the Americans don't want to get work done? When I hear you say that is, is they're expecting you to put the pressure on yourself. Is that what? That is correct. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They want to get work done, but there is no pressure. So I've heard a lot of things about the big four in India and the big four which I worked for back in New Zealand. And New Zealand, they didn't have any time frame. People were so efficient out there, like they never needed a time frame. So that is the difference between what I see in Indian work culture and the international work culture. That's one of the things that you'll, you'll see that there's there tends to be more managerial pressure, I would say, in India than in the U.S. And that's sometimes something that we need to take into account to try to get the greatest amount of value for both sides out of that, to understand that so that we understand how to communicate because oftentimes somebody might come into your workplace and you go, oh, they're they're not moving along because I'm, I need to put more pressure on them. Oftentimes it's really just a misunderstanding as far as the work culture and what the expectations are. And so that's really one of the first things is making sure you're setting clear expectations to make sure that everybody's on the same page there. So so what are some of the changes that you needed to make in working with an American work culture that you found and how were you able to do that? So I already had some international working experience mm-hmm. in New Zealand and American work culture is no different than New Zealand work culture. So it's just the people mindset, the way we communicate, the way we understand. So I just needed to frame my communication accordingly in how the Americans would understand and just make sure I'm communicating efficiently and effectively and not not having any loopholes in my communication and besides you know I'm into accounting and accounting is staying across the whole world it was just difference in the accounting principles, which is different in America as well as the rest of the world. So just keeping that in mind, there's no not much change I see between American work culture and the work culture I had in New Zealand. And that's a you know was a great experience for you to bring in. So you were able to to get on board very quickly. So what are the things like one or two things that you think that you really learned from working in an American firm that you take with you on an everyday basis now? So working with you know, working with American firm, uh, one of the CPA firm, what I learned is I have a variety, you know, information of skills to learn. Whether back in New Zealand, I was just doing accounts receivable and I was stuck out there for as many months I worked out. But that's not the case out here. I get to venture into different aspects of accounting, help out into different projects which gives me a wider exposure overall in accounting, which is really great. So I love that. I love that kind of work culture. So from what I hear you saying is basically we're in in some other companies, perhaps more in India, you might be relegated to a specific job, but in the US, it kind of opens itself up. If you're able to do the task, they're open to having you do it for the most part. Yeah, and that's what we see a lot. And that's one of the things that can be an advantage as an American going over is because if you create the right culture, 
it's going to be something that the people there are going to love because they get more opportunities. You know, like you said, there tends to be a lot more pressure in that environment. And there's one particular job that they're allowed to do, and it might be a long time before they're able to, to get to move up and to do something uh, different. And so it gives them more variety as well. So having seen some of the differences between the two cultures, how do you think more broadly and your coworkers that you're able to add a value to the American company? Like, what are you able to bring from India? What are the things that, that are, I don't want to say inherently Indian, but that you see that are the part of the Indian culture that when you come into the U.S. context, that you're able to add value to them. In terms of accounting, yes, we add a lot of value. Uh, in terms of you know our work ethics, so we are quite hardworking people. That way, we add a lot of value in working with Americans. For example, we never say go to a work unless and until we are really busy. So we are ready to take on more work. We are ready to help them as much as we can. In terms of accounting, Indians are quite, I would say, robust people because they have a wide number of experience, area of experience and years of experience. So people usually work in chartered accountant firms in India and they have gained a lot of experience overall for me as well. So before joining RKL, I had a couple of years of experience and I worked as an accountant for one of the chartered accountant firms. I learned quite a variety of accounting principles and accounting tasks. So that is how we try to bring our expertise to the U.S. work culture. That's how we try to help. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the things that you're finding. What he talked about is, is they're always going to be saying yes. And that is one of the things that kind of stands out. They're always willing to help uh, hardworking. If you need them to stay after, you know, we, we need to get this done. As you heard, most of the companies are working six days a week. In the big four in India, it is not uncommon to work 100 hours a week, especially during tax time. And we don't do that. You know, we, we have a very defined work schedule. We don't work on the weekends, but they're often very readily able to help you. They want to do a great job. And it's also one of the things that we also need to watch for. As we talked about, there's often a flip side to everything. And so because they're always willing to help, sometimes uh, they will take on too many things. And so often have, we have to temper that because they are so willing to, to help out and to jump in. So kind of moving on, and we talked a lot about um, growth and development, which is something that's near and dear to my heart. So is there any ways that you find that staffing global, because we're kind of like the intermediate that's how are we able to add or how do we add value to you and how is it being able to help you to grow both personally and professionally? I would say Staffing Global has been really awesome in helping me out, you know, growing my knowledge, helping me develop my personality. You know, we had coaching sessions. We had coaching from Bill itself. We also have coaching from another coaching uh, leader sessions a week or a month where we read a book and we discuss what is in the book based on individual preferences. Based on that, we had our discussions out there. And Aaron, who's Bill's partner, who's also really helpful in coaching us in whatever way we need. Professionally, I would say I didn't knew quite much when I really joined Staffing Global. So when I was at that time and when I am right now, it's been really drastic change. I have learned so much from people in Staffing Global. We are a close-knit team. We are like 22, 25 people working closely. And if we have anything, we collaborate. It's kind of like a brainstorming session. So we put down our ideas and people from 
different backgrounds we share our ideas so that is really great thing also people from where i'm contracted to rkl they have been really helpful in helping me out with accounting and all the other stuff also you need to have that you know learning ability to adapt to whatever's going on in in your work life personally i've learned a lot you know I'm a self-motivated person and I'm really curious about something. So if I don't know anything, I'll just go out and research and that is how I move. Great. And uh, well, we're here to support you and that's part of our goal and what we're trying to do. And we're just going to wrap up real quick here. And is there a piece of advice that you would uh, give an American executive who's thinking of hiring somebody uh, in India? It's not a piece of advice, I would say, but then if you're hiring an Indian, you get a robust experience, you know, working with an Indian because it's not just limited to one aspect of accounting. It is a widespread of knowledge, I would say. And once they are in, in it, you know, they are just in it. You expect the work to be perfect. That is what I would say. So uh, you think you guys can do a great job and we've seen that as well. And so I want to thank you uh, for being here today. Thank you for your time. And I really appreciate it. And for everybody who's with us today, thanks for being with us. Until next time, have a great day. So if you'd like to learn more about remote staffing, feel free to message us for our free guide, The Seven Deadly Sins of Remote Staffing, and how to make sure that you don't commit them and you're successful in your remote hiring journey. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and digging deep into what's ahead for the future of remote work. We'll be back next month with Bill for another episode. But until then, please visit Staffing Global's website for additional resources at staffdifferent.com. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.